It's, it's interesting as I began to study this topic and just kind of uh, try to glean from others as well and um, was, was, was doing this study, I, I began to notice that this word, at least in our, in our modern context or in churches today, it seemed to come up uh, much more often in the month of January uh, than it does uh, at really at any other time of the year. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, I think, because we a lot of times set aside, at least it's become the, the tradition that we've set aside some time in the month of January to really get our focus on God and to have start our year off. This is really rough this morning. You guys hear all that out there? Okay. Okay. Um, but to start our year off in, in such a way that, uh, that we are really being intentional about our time and, and having our focus on God. And the topic that we want to cover uh, over these next couple of weeks is on the topic of consecration. And as I said, I really felt God just leading me in this direction and, and talking about what it means to be consecrated, what it means to, uh, to have uh, ourselves set apart for God. And uh, that really goes to uh, the definition of what it means to be consecrated is to be set apart. And uh, I'll, I'll just, get, just ask, ask you, Josh, um, as I brought this topic up to you a few weeks ago, um, did you have any initial thoughts that, that kind of in this word consecration, what came up for yourself when you began to think about that word consecration? Yeah, so this word for me, uh, I, I think about is whether it's items in the tabernacle or uh, people that God is asking to be consecrated. It was always a, a season of preparation. It was always God asking them to prepare themselves because he was about to interact with them in a way that he never had before. And I think that that's why sometimes when it comes to the beginning of the year, we get our focus on of how am I going to be a better person this year? Well, the first thing is, is I'm going to remove all these distractions and I'm going to get completely focused on God so God can do something amazing in my life. I think that's important, but um, I... I for me, when I was thinking of this, is that the whole point of consecration was it's preparation so that God can do something like he's never done before. Yeah. And it's making sure that we're ready for it. Because in the Old Testament, they, they did all these things because if they didn't prepare things just right, then God wouldn't accept the sacrifice. You know, he wouldn't come down. And now we come into church every Sunday, and, well, I can raise my hands and I can worship God. So, so that's great. Um, I don't necessarily need to be consecrated. And I'm like, we're going to find out in the next few weeks that's not true. Amen. Sure. So why don't we first uh, just lay a definition of what consecration means in case there's anybody here today, just uh, maybe you haven't heard that word. It's not necessarily the uh, most common word, uh, even, in, even in scripture. I believe it is a very important concept, uh, but the, the word itself isn't necessarily that common of a word that we come across. And so uh, this consecration, it, it has a very uh, interconnected, it's very interconnected with holiness or with sanctification. And, but there's, there's a little bit of a difference that I can see in, in, in what consecration really is. Uh, and so holiness, uh, in fact, if you were here just this past Wednesday, uh, that was a topic that we, that we addressed. We, we covered that as we've been going through foundations, uh, different foundational things uh, from scripture. And, um, and holiness means to be set apart. But not just set apart, but to be set apart from the world 
and uh, to do that unto God. So to be set apart, but to draw unto God. And uh, that's, that's the same thing, the process of sanctification. That's what it means, is to be set apart and to, uh, to come to God and to be in relationship with God. And consecration, as I said, is very connected with that word because consecration is that, is that intentional act that you have to do that, that intentional act that one takes in order to be set apart. That uh, definition that we could give to it is, is to be set apart, to dedicate yourself to God, to relinquish everything that you are and everything that you have to the glory and the purpose of God. That is what it means to be consecrated, that you are intentionally setting yourself apart, that you are intentionally dedicating a, a, uh, a season of your life. And we'll talk about that, the fact that consecration often comes in seasons of your life, uh, but that it is something intentional that you do to dedicate yourself to God uh, on a very, uh, on a different level than what you typically would. I think the key in that definition too is it says that uh, you, you give everything you are and everything you have to the glory and the purpose of God. If we just stop at giving everything we have to God and not allowing God to fulfill his purpose through us, then we're falling short. We can be very dedicated without being consecrated. And I think that's the key is is that we need to be part of his purpose and we need to make sure we're aligned with what he's calling us to do if we're going to be consecrated. Amen. That's that's really good. I I want to start off um, this morning in laying a little bit of groundwork of of what we see in Scripture about consecration. And there's, there's a lot in the Old Testament that we see really in two different areas uh, where things or people are consecrated. And uh, I want to try to lay a little bit of that groundwork this morning before we maybe bring it a little bit more practical for us today. And so there's... Uh, I, now, I believe that what they did then uh, can practically be applied to us today. But there's, there's one specific area... That, uh, that we don't necessarily see lived out in our New Testament church. And we can read about this in Exodus chapter 29. And uh, this is a, a, a ceremony of consecration that, that they were to undergo, that God had given these instructions to Moses, who then is, is here telling these things to Aaron and to his sons, who they were the ones who were making up the priesthood. Uh, the, the ones who had served there in the tabernacle. And there were certain things that they had to do that uh, consecrated them for the use uh, or for the being able to be used in God's service. And so I'm just going to read this, this passage here this morning in Exodus 29, beginning in verse 1. It says, this is the ceremony that you must follow when you consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. It says, take a young bull and two rams with no defects. Then, using choice wheat flour and no yeast, make loaves of bread, some thin cakes mixed with olive oil and wafers that are spread with oil. Place them all in a single basket. Present them at the entrance of the tabernacle along with a young bull and the two rams. Present Aaron and his sons at the entrance of the tabernacle and wash them with water. Dress Aaron in his priestly garments, the tunic, the robe, worn with the ephod, the ephod itself, and the chest piece, and then wrap the decorative sash of the ephod around him, place the turban on his head, 
fasten the sacred medallion to the turban. Then anoint him by pouring the oil, the anointing oil over his head. Next, present his sons and dress them in their tunics and wrap the sashes around the waist of Aaron and his sons. Put, this, put their special head coverings on them and then the right to the priesthood will be theirs by law forever. In this way, you will ordain Aaron and his sons. Okay, so I know as we read this, this passage here this morning, it doesn't necessarily, like, we read this, it's like, how, how does this apply to me? And uh, this is what I want us to take from this, what I want us to notice, is that there were some very specific things that God was asking them to do in order to be used in God's service. There were some things that he was asking Aaron and his sons to do that was setting them apart from everybody else, even those who were in the church, or even those who were, who were part of the the children of Israel. And for them, we have some things like uh, the, the offerings or the, 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 the bread and the, the things that they would bring with them, uh, the, the young bull, the two rams that had no defects, all of these things. It was very specific of what God was asking them to do. It even got down to their clothes and, and all the clothing that they had. And I know we were talking about how even in the clothing, there were specific things that they had to do with these things and the instruments that they would use in the tabernacle. And we see the consecration and the setting apart of these people. But even those instruments and the clothes that they, they would put on were consecrated unto God. And uh, I don't know if you could talk just a little bit about even just those instruments and their consecration themselves. Yeah, I think God was trying to be very clear with this because sometimes our vision of what he wants and what his vision of what he wants are a little bit different. Anyone ever have small kids and you tell them to go clean their room because company's coming over and they say they cleaned it and then you go and you looked and your vision of clean and their vision of clean is different. It's kind of like whenever my wife asked me to do the dishes, my vision of clean and her vision of clean are slightly different. They both get the job done, but if we're going to have company over, then we don't want to present my vision of clean to the company, right? It, It might be good enough for us, but it's not good enough for them. And what God was saying is like, listen, you're all my children, but you're about to enter into a, a special time with me. And you need to make sure that you're prepared and that you're going to be different. And I'm going to ask you to do things that are a little bit different. And I don't see anywhere in here where they said, well, God, wh- well, why did we have to do this specific thing? Or why do we have to do it that specific way? They just were obedient because they were so eager to be in that, that, that special time with God. Amen. And I think the hard part for us today is sometimes we look at, at God, and he doesn't always spell out as many requirements as what he did for them, but we, we try to say, well, do I have to do all of that to enter in because I'm still part of the, the giant family, and God's calling us to a special place, a, a place of being separated. Right, right. And this is, this is probably not a fun opinion to have, but not everyone in this room is God calling to be separated in a way that he's calling you to be separated. Because some people are being called into an area of ministry that, that, that others aren't called into, but He's having other requirements for that. And I think that, I just need to stop talking before I get too deep into this. But, but that's, that, that's what we're talking about with, of consecration is I think we, we look at when the priests were consecrated, they had another level of responsibility of things they had to do a specific way. And if we want to enter that same special uh, area with God, we need to do the same kind of things. Right. One thing that we really, um, that is really important for us to understand is that there has always been this distinction between what is holy and what is profane. And the things that are 
holy. And when, when I say profane, it means uh, common, things that, you know, we've kind of today taken profane just to just to kind of whittle it down to profanity or the things that, that we would say, things that are offensive. Um, but a, uh, the, the, the understanding of what profane means uh, in, in the scriptural context is that which is common or that which has not been set apart for God. And there's there's this difference, especially, we, we see this especially through the law, where there is this distinction that's being made that things become consecrated, things that are common, okay? So so you have here, we, we uh, read that, and it talked about the tunic and the robe, the ephod, uh, this chest piece. It says uh, that sacred medallion that would be fastened to the turban. Uh, this was a sacred medallion. It was... Uh, it was a, a piece of gold that was fashioned uh, to say, uh, the Lord is our righteousness, or the, the Lord. And, and they would put that onto the turban that he would wear on his head. And so uh, looking at all of these things, and then they had very specific things that had to be done in order to set them apart. You know, this could just be clothes, or this could just, you know, just garments. This could just be, um, you know, a chest piece that they would wear, except that they did it God's way and they, they went through a time of consecration to say, this will be set apart for God. This item here is going to be set apart for the use of God. And I think it's, it's interesting that even today, I, uh, I've gone to some, uh, some services, uh, more so just funeral services and weddings uh, that are of some other Christian faiths. And, and you look at some Christian faiths today that, that they still carry some of that into their practice today of consecrating certain things or making things holy. They'll have the holy water that is used and sprinkled upon, uh, upon, you know, these different things in order to make them holy. And, and while we see that practice done in the Old Testament under the law, I do believe that God has, that Jesus came to fulfill the law and that today there is a different way to be consecrated. But, the reason I lay this groundwork for us today is because just because we don't have the turban and we don't have, you know, these, these certain things that the priests would have in order to consecrate them doesn't mean that God isn't, st- doesn't still have a distinction between what is common and what is holy and making sure that we would make that distinction even for ourselves as a people, that we would understand that there are things that are lawful, there are things that are okay, but in order for God, in, or, in order for us to truly be consecrated, we need to stay away from the things that are just common and makes us be like all everyone else around us. And there's, there's consecration that happens. So this is, we kind of narrowed in there on the priests and these, these different instruments. But we also see times when like all of Israel was consecrating as well. And so I think we have like three or four passages of, of scripture here that we can look at that looks at all of the people of Israel uh, in, in times when they were consecrated. And it looks a little different uh, for them, uh, but it's still consecration and setting themselves apart. So I don't know if you want to read there in Exodus. Yeah, if you want to throw that up there for me, that would be great. Uh, Exodus 19.10, and it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against... And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, 
and that ye go not up into the mount or touch the border of it, whatsoever touches the mouth shall surely be put to death. There shall not be a hand that touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be man or beast, it shall not live when the trumpet soundeth long. They that come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount and unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, and come not at your wives. Okay, so this uh, is taking place here at Mount Sinai, at the foot of Mount Sinai. And uh, this really is the first time that we see the people of Israel being consecrated as a, as a whole people. And he says, you need to consecrate yourselves uh, because God is getting ready to do something uh, really big, really massive amongst us. And for them, what, what God was getting ready to do was to speak to them from the mount. He's getting ready to, to speak to them. And it's uh, what we'll end up seeing is that they kind of get scared, frightened of, from God speaking to them. And, and they end up sending Moses back up. And they're like, hey, how about you just have those conversations? We actually don't want to uh, have these conversations with God ourselves because God, um, he, is, uh, he, he seems kind of scary. And, uh, but, but, they, but what Moses was, was getting them ready for was for God to be able to come to them and to reveal himself to them like he had never revealed himself before. They served God, they loved God, but they had never had God revealed to them in this matter, in this sense. But in order for God to do it, they had to first be consecrated. And it said to consecrate themselves, they, uh, there were some, some borders around the mountain. They couldn't come to that. So there were some things that they couldn't do but, uh, for themselves. They had to wash themselves and then it says, and come not at your wives. And so there's, there's things that they were supposed to do in order to get ready for God. So something that came at, jumped out at me when we read that, uh, that came the first time was Mount Sinai was this place that God was calling them to go, right? He's going to meet them soon. But he says, if you go there before you prepare yourself, what's going to happen? You're going to die. Sometimes I feel like God gives us the vision and he's telling us, I'm calling you to do something, but I need you to prepare and we get so excited that we just want to run into what God's calling us to do. And he says, if you don't take the time to cleanse yourselves, to focus completely on, to me, to do these things, to consecrate, you're going to die. Yeah. And it's not because I don't have good things for you, but it's because if you're not in the right place to receive what I have for you, then it's not going to be any kind of benefit. Yeah. I think sometimes we're so focused on what God has for us and we want to have that moment with God that we don't think, am I ready for it? Right. Have I done these things to, to cleanse myself? And we kind of talked about this in our discussion earlier, but with the priest, it was very specific things they had to wear. They had to do things in a very specific way. When it came time to consecrate all the people, what the commandment was basically just get clean and focus on God. That's what it was. And I'm like, well, God, you should have had more specific things of, of how they needed to be clean or what they needed to do to be clean. And I think God was just trying to tell them, it, clean yourselves. That's, stop making it complicated. Stop trying to to muddy the water and just know that you need to be clean and you need to be pure and you need to be focused on me. Because yeah. in, in today's world, what I, I see that as is, is, you know, I'm thankful for, for where we are and I'm thankful for the guidelines and, and, the, and the standards and the holiness that we have. But sometimes if we get so caught up in that, then I look at someone else's life and I say, well, my life is better than theirs, yeah. so I'm okay. Yeah. And God says, no, I called you to be clean. Right. Because that thing that, that you have as a huge distraction in your life, that it can't be there. That might not be a distraction for them, and it's okay for them to have that in their lives. So I don't need to specifically say these are the 87 things that need to happen. Yeah. 
Just focus on being clean, and if it's a distraction, get rid of it. Focus on all of your attention being on me, because when we get to that point, then we need to be ready. And and like, sorry, one thing I'll, I'll wrap up, but it's a season too, right? God didn't call them to say, every single day I need you to wake up and I need you to cleanse yourself. Every single day I need you to abstain from from distractions and and be away from these things. But he says, this particular season is important. And this particular season is what I need you to do. When the priests went before God, they had to consecrate themselves in that season. It wasn't an everyday thing, right? What would happen if the priests consecrated themselves for that one yearly of giving the, uh, the sacrifice to God? And they said, you know what, I did that a year ago. So I'm good enough now, and we, we can just keep doing this because God accepted it once. Yeah. Yeah. It's a season that we have to go through, but it becomes a lifestyle that we have to have as well. Yeah. So good. So I, I want to look at, there's a couple other um, times that we see the entirety of, of Israel being consecrated. And the next time that we come across is at the Jordan River, uh, where it's a, really the next generation beyond those who had just been consecrated at Mount Sinai. And so now it's the next generation, their, their children and, and perhaps grandchildren, who are getting ready to go into the promised land. And so Joshua is now the leader. And we see this in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. I'll just read that one, one scripture here. It says, Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Okay? Go and sanctify yourselves. Uh, and, and here, again... We don't get that list of, what would you say, 87 things uh, yeah, that, uh, that they needed to do. Uh, he said, just go and sanctify yourselves. Now, I did read in some commentaries that you know, perhaps it makes sense that they were there at, it wasn't until they got to the Jordan River, if it was the same kind of consecration and sanctifying themselves of needing to wash themselves, cleanse themselves, that they're there at the water at that moment, and they can, they can do that physically. There's something physically that they can do. But... Uh, Whatever the, the case is, to sanctify themselves was a very personal matter. And, and no matter what it means, to sanctify yourself is to say, I'm going to get rid of the distractions. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to cut myself off from the things that are distracting me so that I can get my mind completely focused on God. And why do I do that? Because God is getting ready to do wonders amongst us. God wants to do something incredible in this place, but he can't do it. Until we've been sanctified. We can't cross over into the promised land until we've been sanctified. Until we have consecrated ourselves and gotten ourselves ready for this next step in our journey. And, and it really was an amazing thing that happened. I mean, this is, we talk about the Red Sea and, you know, the parting of the waters of the Red Sea. But this is just as miraculous of what happened here in just a few days after they would consecrate themselves. That the Jordan River was parted. And that they were all, I mean, it was the time of the flood season. So this isn't just a little stream that's going through. No, an entire river, a large river is, is parted so that they can go over on dry ground uh, to the point that all of the people in there, I mean, all the people of Jericho, they had heard, you know, by the time they get there, they're like, hey, we heard about what happened when you crossed over the Jordan River. And, I'll, and, and we're, we're pretty scared right now because if you have a God that can do that, then you know, who knows what's going to happen to us. And when God called them to consecrate themselves, he was saying, listen, I need you to get ready because I'm going to do something. And then what was the next step? Then there was going to be action that they had to do. And a lot of times it was things they had never done before. And it, or it was going to be a fight that was bigger than they'd ever fought before. 
So I love these examples that the Bible gives because when he calls them to get ready, because I'm going to meet you somewhere. So one, you have to prepare yourself, but the preparation isn't where it stops, right? That's just the beginning because it's setting the stage for what God wants to do. And then that prepares us to, to go and to do something that we've never done before. It's in that season of consecration that, that, that God will, will reveal things to you of ministries that he has for you for opportunities for, for things in your life that you need to have action upon when God does what he needs to do, then you need to get ready to do your part too. Let's go to this third, um, third occasion here where we see the Israelites, the people of Israel, being consecrated. This is in Nehemiah chapter 10. In Nehemiah chapter 10, uh, we have here a very different generation of people. Uh, this is uh, hundreds of years later that uh, we have them coming back. So Nehemiah is written at a time when uh, they, have, they have been held captive. They've gone uh, to Babylon or a remnant of them have gone to Babylon. They uh, don't, you know, D- Jerusalem has been destroyed and now they're coming back. And we have Nehemiah that is, is getting them ready uh, for God to do something again among them. And I have a really long passage here that I think perhaps it might be better for me to, uh, to summarize some of it, but I'll start off at least with this verse 28. It says, the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the porters, the singers, the Nethanims, and all they that had separated themselves from the people of the lands unto the law of God. So notice that. They decided in themselves, we are going to separate ourselves from the people around us uh, unto the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, everyone having knowledge and having understanding. Let's do one more verse here, verse 29. They claimed to their brethren, their nobles, and they entered into a curse and into an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and to do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his judgments and his statutes. So here it is. They are deciding themselves to say, we are going to re-up our commitment to be God's people. We're going to re-up our commitment to do everything that God has called us to do. And we see then, a, a uh, if you go all the way down to the rest of the chapter, these things that the people of Israel are re-consecrating themselves, or maybe even just consecrating themselves because it's a new generation, but they are committing themselves to be set apart and to be different uh, so that God can do some amazing things among them. And, and then I know there's one other verse that, that you had uh, just a couple chapters later that you wanted to point out. Yeah, if you want to throw up uh, Nehemiah twelve twenty seven, And it says, In the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of their places to bring them unto Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and with singing and cymbals and psalteries and with harps. And if you're not familiar um, with the story of Nehemiah, what he had done is Nehemiah went back and he built the walls that were torn down by the enemy. And he was trying to restore the things and, and bring back God to, to, to his people again. And what really got me was when we were talking about consecration, God kind of dealt with me. And he says, listen, before you can get to that point, sometimes you got to go through and you got to get through your past. You got to get through all the, 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 the junk. You got to get through the defeats. You got to get through the rubble of your life. And you need to get rid of it and get ready for a foundation to be laid. Because sometimes we, we get to the point where we say, God, I want to focus all my, my energy on you. I want all of these things to be upon you. And we're still dealing with hurts and pains and other things in our past that we're like, well, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on what, what, what's coming forward. They couldn't do that 
unless they went back and got rid of the past. If they got rid of the defeats, they looked them in the eyes and they said, God's bigger than this. Then that's when they were able to, to be at the place where they could really consecrate themselves. Restoration was able to happen through consecration, right? And here's the thing. When Nehemiah was building these walls, he was fighting the enemy the entire time. I think some of, the, some of our, our mindset is, is, well, when I consecrate, then that's the beginning. No, having the mindset to say, I'm going to consecrate, yes, that's the beginning. But sometimes you've got to fight for a while before you can even get to the point where I can give God everything, where I can remove these distractions. I've got to go through some battles. I've got to go through some tough times to get to the point where I can have that, that time of rededication. And so I think there's, there's two things that I really want us to take, take away from this conversation today. And one is that consecration requires intentionality. You cannot accidentally consecrate yourself. It's a decision that you make, and, and it is. It's, it's you. Now, God is the one who makes us holy. God is the one who sanctifies us. But the act of consecrating is a decision that you make to say, God, I've got all these things going on in my life. I've got all these distractions. I've got all these things. And I am going to set aside some time right now to be very intentional to hear your voice and to allow you to come in. And there's some areas of me that, that you may uncover in this time of consecration that it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. It's going to sting because you're going to shed a light on some areas of me that need changed. And... But, but you're intentionally opening up and saying, right now, God, you know, I, I love you always, but I'm going to be very purposeful in my dedication to you right now. I, uh, I'm in a, a text group with some, some friends of mine who are pastors, and uh, a couple of them had, had sent a, a, a picture yesterday, and they were together. They were at a college football game, and uh, join it. They're up at uh, up Michigan. And uh, got a, a bunch of these guys up that are big Michigan fans and then a couple of Ohio State fans. And uh, there's, it's always going back and forth uh, between them. But, um, but they're together and, 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 and they're just there having, having a good time. And, and one of them, uh, one of my uh, friends who's in this text group, he, uh, he just mentioned in, in this conversation, he says, you know, for myself, and he was not being judgmental, we all, uh, but he said, for myself, he said, I haven't paid attention to sports in 30 years. Uh, it's been 30 years, really, since I paid attention. He says, because 30 years ago, uh, I found, my, found myself where uh, I knew every stat. Um, I knew everything that was happening, knew all the scores, that, uh, you know, every day. And, um, and you know, I, I love sports, but I found myself where I knew all of that, but I didn't know the Word of God. And here I was a minister, and I, and I knew all of that much better than I knew this, the Scripture, and he said, so I made a decision for myself. He said, this was just for me. And he wasn't putting it on anybody else. He said, but this was a decision that I made for myself to say, I need to cut this out of my life. And he said, I just made this decision that I'm not going to follow sports anymore. And he said, it was really, it was really hard because this is a big part of his life. And, but what that is, it just, it, that is consecration. And for him, I mean, it's been 30 years now. And so you say it's season of your life. You know, we look at consecration as, as times maybe uh, doing a, a, a week-long or a 21-day fast, something like that, where you consecrate yourself to God for a season so that God can cleanse you and speak to you and do something. Um, but it, it can at times be something where it's just saying, you know what, this distraction has become such a big part, uh, 
you know, such a taking away so much of my thought process of and just being focused on God that I need to consecrate myself away from that thing and cut it out of my life. And I think even if it's just for a season uh, that is shorter, maybe it's not the rest of your life, but maybe you say, you know what, all my focus has been on this, all my focus has been on, um, I don't know, maybe it's repairs to your home, try to bring it, or maybe it's, you know, just something that you're trying to save up for. And that's all of your mind has is, is just been on that. And it's not to say that that is a bad thing at all. But sometimes we can get so consumed in that that we lose track of the fact that God, He has a purpose for you even right now. Even in building the wall. God, okay, you can be doing that. But let's, let's also make sure that our focus doesn't get off of the fact that we have a purpose right now. And, and even in the midst of, of living my life, we can become purposeless people. If we're not careful, we can come to church every, every Sunday and that becomes our relationship or that becomes our doing our duty with God. When the reality is God wants you, God wants us to be the church every day. And if we're not careful, then we can slip into this routine of just like always being tied up with everything else and not allowing God to get into our life to the point where we are ready to minister at all times. We're ready to, to, to be there for, for others at all times in our lives. So that's the first thing is to be intentional. Consecration requires intentionality and it may be for a season so that God can allow and speak through you in your common everyday life. And part of it, it's a season I think some of us look at consecration as it's a season that we have to get through, right? When it comes time to fast at the beginning of the year, well, I've got these 21 days and we just have to get through these days. And then if consecration is just something you get through, then you get nothing out of it, right? It's talking about relinquishing ourselves to God. It's getting to the point where where, where all these examples in the Bible, God says, I have something amazing I want to do. Are you ready for it? And we... We're the first ones to come into church and raise our hands and say, God, I want to see miracles like never before. And God's saying, great, I want you to to dedicate yourselves like never before. I want you to prepare like never before. And we're like, but God, you show up first and then I'll get. It's not how it worked. God always said, if you will do this, if you will get in the point where you're in in the place I need you to be, then I'm going to do something amazing. And I'm going to have something amazing for you to do as well. I want that to be my desire. It's not like, hey, we're going to consecrate because pastor's going to get ready to introduce a, a 21-day fast or any. I don't know if you have that in the agenda. If you do, I apologize. But we need to get to the point where it's, it's just a desire I have where it's, God, I want to see things like I've never seen before. God, I want to see the law saved like I've never seen before. And God, if that means that I got to get rid of any kind of distraction to fulfill your purpose, then that's what I want to do. Right. Amen. And so that, that first thing, uh, and I love that, that um, comment you made about just trying to get through it. Uh, God wants, we, we do it so that God could show up. We do it uh, because God, he has a greater purpose in mind for us. And so I said, there's two things I want you to come away with. One is that consecration requires intentionality. The second is that only things that have a purpose in God's plan need to be consecrated. And the fact is, you have a purpose in God's plan. God wants to use you 
to do great things. God wants to use you as a tool in his, uh, you know, as a tool in this end time revival. It's quiet in here, but it's the truth. You were not made just to be a, you know, just a, a run of the mill, just a saint who comes in and just, just is here and you're, you fill up space. God has a purpose and God has a plan to utilize you at your workplace, in your neighborhood. God has a purpose to, to utilize you as his vessel to go and to be a disciple maker, to disciple somebody else. God has a purpose to utilize you to connect with somebody who's in need. God has a purpose to, to, to use you to be able to, to minister to the needs of others. God has a, God, believe it or not, may even want to use you to lay a hand on somebody who has, who has cancer in their body and you could pray for them and they could be healed. Okay? We talked about, we talked about these great things that happened. I mean, God said, consecrate yourself because I'm going to do great things. So consecrate yourselves because great things are getting ready to happen. And we're here today and we need to be very intentional about the, or we, we need to be very uh, understanding of the fact that, that God has intentions to utilize you right now. Yes. And he wants to do great things in you and through you. But in order for that to happen, there does have to be some consecration that takes place where we set, where we set aside that focused time. If you, if you find yourself just, just in a routine and, and like God's not doing anything and, and you're just like there, then it's time for consecration. It's time to say, all right, I'm going to set aside some time right now in my life. They're going to clean up. So we transition here in just a moment, but, um, it's time for consecration at that period, that time of your life where, where we are, if you find yourself where you haven't, you, where you haven't shared with somebody else your testimony in some time or that you haven't, sorry, where you haven't ministered to somebody's needs and you're saying, well, that's, that's for somebody else. No, that's for you. If you find yourself where it's like, seems as if God is distant, it's time for consecration. This seems as though in, in your life, like, like we're just kind of going through the routine. It's time for consecration. It's time as the church that we wake up and realize that we are in the end times right now. And that well, there isn't much time left and God needs to utilize the church. God needs to wake us up to the fact that right now is, there is an imperative on us to reach the lost. There is an imperative on us to go and to meet the needs of, of a hurting people. And so it's time for consecration. And I'm not going to introduce it or ask it right now. Uh, but, but we're going to be on this topic for these next couple of weeks. And, and there, there will be a, a direct ask of, of this, this body of Christ as we prepare for what God is getting ready to do and what God wants to do for us to have a time of consecration. And so for us right now, what I want to just, just introduce um, or just ask is that we would, is that we would examine ourselves this week. And if there is anything, if there is anything in you that uh, God is revealing that uh, is just a distraction, it's just something that for you, it's, it's just getting in the way of your time with God. That you would identify those things and that you would begin to take some measures, to take some steps, to just get that routine back. To get that voice of God back in your life. 
If it's been some time since you picked up your Bible, not on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night, pick up your Bible on a Monday morning, Tuesday night. Begin to read the Word of God. Let Him speak to you. Come on. If it's been some time since you've knelt down beside your bed and just said a prayer and just had a, had a prayer meeting or in your car on your way to work, then let's turn the music off, turn that podcast off or whatever it is, and, and let's just spend some time with Him so that He can begin to speak to us, and that He can begin to clarify some things that He's wanting to do in us and through us. Because I believe that we look out this place right now, and there's greatness that's sitting here. There's great things that God wants to do. And so don't let us, don't let us be just wondering where is, where are the miracles? Where are the signs? Where are the wonders? Where's, where's the end time harvest? Where is all that? No. It's time for me right now to be part of that and to consecrate myself. Amen. We're getting ready to have our, our children's choir to, they're gonna make their way